Paul Clancy scored two, Joe Bergen scored two, uh, Michael Devlin got one, Jan Fallon got one, and Declan Mean got one. But in fairness, a poor return of eight points by Meath. Ray McGee got two, Crawford, John McDermott, Evan Kelly, Trevor Giles, Ali Murphy, and John Cahan got a point each. It was a very poor return by Meath, you know. But in fairness, the better team won on the day, I think. I watched it there a few times on YouTube. God, were outstanding in 2001. They were like a greyhound. They came out with the traps running. That's it. And I think really, really like you just summed it up there with regards to the year before. I think there was a lot of players that, that were itching because they felt they had a point to prove and they wanted to put put the record straight in a lot of ways. And I think that was their chance. And by and by God did they <laughs> did they take advantage uh, did they take advantage of it? Um but yeah, worthy worthy winners and uh, deserving winners. And I suppose like we like we always do every week, we look back at the all we look back at the all stars from uh, from that year and what an all-star team it was what an all-star team it was that year on fairness Aiden in goals with Cormac Sullivan from Meath at number two the man you spoke about the great Kieran Fitzgerald from Galway at three a class footballer down fair from Meath at four Cormac Goggins from Dublin at five Declan Mean from Galway at six a Ross Common man Ross Common they beat Mayo in the Connick final that year, 210 to 112, this man was an iron man, the great Francie Gresham. At, at seven, we had Sean Og the Poor. At eight, we had Kevin Welch from Galway. At nine, we had Rory O'Connell from Westmeath. At ten, we had Evan Kelly from Meath. Eleven, the great Stephen O'Neill from Tyrone. Twelve, we had Mike and Donham from Galway. Thirteen, we had Ali Murphy from Meath. Fourteen, the man who kicked ten points in the All Ireland final that year. Patrick Joyce and at number 15 our own Kelly man the great Johnny Crowley so there's your all stars from 2001 Galway had 6 Meath had 4 Dublin Roscommon West Meath Tyrone and Kerry had 1 each that's it, and, and even enough de- distribution of player of uh, players from from around the country as well, and well well deserved all stars. So, listen, thanks very much, Tommy, for taking the time out to do All Ireland GA memories. That is the two thousand and one All Ireland Senior Football uh, f- final, and uh, we'll do it. Thanks very much for that, and we look forward to doing it all again next week. The two thousand and two All Ireland Senior Football final, another great fi- another great final to look forward to discussing next week. Yes, indeed. How could we forget that final here in Kerry against Armagh? That's it, and we look forward to doing that. So, listen, thanks very much, Tommy, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very, very much, Jim. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks very much. And I- Hello, everyone. How are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's uh, Rugby View with myself, Adrian Rafferty. And as always, we have Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello, Adrian. How are you? Good afternoon, Aidan. How are you? That's great. Great to have you on board as always. And plenty of, uh, plenty of rugby to discuss this week. And, uh, as always, the, uh, the underage teams have been doing very well, uh, last weekend. Yes, again, we have a massive turnout uh, for mini rugby. Uh, we had out over 150 between boys and girls uh, last weekend. Uh, again, all the pitches in Craig's were, were in use. And the fantastic about it is that we have um, a great team of coaches and uh, at mini rugby level and great great um, organisation uh, within all the coaches. And, you know, it's great credit to them that they um, have got so many coaches and have them all in the different places for the different age groups 
and uh, the 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 girls um, teams uh, have really grown um, within within the club, and you know it's great to see them getting a young start at at uh, mini rugby level and getting the proper co- coaching um, there because that will help them uh, up uh, through uh, youth rugby and and filling in. Um, as they become into senior or into playing the 14 aside game, uh, it's, it's great, um, training for them now to, to know the, the, um, the skills of, of the game and it will stand to them, uh, later on. That's it. And of course, it's great to see the underage team as well. And isn't it great, like the spirit in the club to see, um, you know, the, the parents playing their part in it as well and the support that the players and the club gets from them. And, uh, I suppose, you know, the parents chipping in without them. And as we always say every week, without the sponsors and the coaches and everything and the volunteers. And I suppose all the people that don't get in the limelight, everyone, everyone is vital. Even if it's the person making the tea, everyone contributes. And you know, if you take one element out of that, then the then the whole thing is impossible. So everyone, everyone in the club is crucial, and uh, it's great to see that everyone everyone pulls pulls along together, isn't it? Well, I suppose the strength of any club is um, the volunteers, uh, and to have the volunteers uh, working within the club. And there is always uh, volunteers that maybe suited more for doing other jobs within the um, the club in relation to committee. They may they may have great organisational skills in other ways, and then the the people that would have come through are maybe rugby themselves um, in in the coaching area and. Um, it's, it's great the way the blend, the blend in, particularly in Craig's, the way that we ha- have organization at, at, at all levels. And there's great there now for after games, uh, within the club and the, the women all ro- ro- rose in and the lads there helping out and making teas and sandwiches and buns and cakes and everything like that there. And it's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the, the walk is great there too for a lot of people that comes out. It's not uh, maybe totally involved in the coaching area but they deliver out their kids um, uh, for 10 o'clock every Saturday morning and it's a great commitment to to bring out the kids every Saturday morning and they take the opportunity of maybe taking a few rounds around the, the walk around the around Craig's grounds and you know it's, it's great it's great for everybody everybody gets their bit of exercise both the, the parents and the, and and the kids so that's the yeah. That's the great benefit of of having uh, the 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 walk uh, there for for people that they don't feel that they have they have wasted the hour while while they're in Craig's and you know long may that continue and uh, long may it continue that we have such good volunteers prepared to give of their of their time um, there on Saturday mornings uh, people travelled away last weekend uh, with youth teams it was a shocking uh, day last Sunday and for both coaches and players it it, it it was a rough day to be to be out and my hat goes off to to both coaches and players and management that uh, in, involved in in these teams to have travelled away because like it is a full day for for people to give up uh, of their valuable family time to travel away with a team and um, you know as I said if it's a person that was involved with it over the years I, I know the kind of commitment that these people uh, give and, and the amount of time that it takes 
And of course, another thing now that'll be starting soon as well is the colleges rugby. Uh, you know, obviously the Connacht Cup and also the Connacht League, different things like that. And uh, that's also a hotbed for some players, some great players coming through as well. That'll be starting soon as well, Adrian. Yeah, well, you know, we have the local schools here, like in uh, with the, you know, here in Roscommon and in Ballygar and the local, you know, involved in the Connacht leagues. And, you know, it's great to have the schools up because uh, a lot of the, the young players uh, come through from, from the schools nowadays. And, you know, the, the, the club is going into uh, the, the schools, helping, helping them out in, in the coaching area. And, you know, that will, will stand also to the club. And as you say, the colleges uh, will be up and running uh, with college competitions as well. So uh, between all, um, the players will get plenty of rugby, both uh, with the schools, colleges and then within their club. And of course, that brings us nicely on to uh, the first team and the development team. Um, what are they, how, how did they get on last weekend and uh, how are, who, who are they playing this weekend? Yeah, well, uh, just before I leave the the mini rugby and youths, uh, the the youths, um, you know, are participating at all levels, and um, the the great thing about the growth in the youths as well that we're able to field two under fifteen teams in boys in the under fifteen league uh, within Connacht. And also, the, for the first time ever, that we're able to put out two under-18 girls teams in the Connacht League as well. So that shows the, the growth in the, the girls' rugby within, within Craigs. And if that continues, uh, there'll be no time before we'll be able to have a full senior team again um, in Craigs. So this weekend is the big weekend uh, for, for Craigs. Um, this is the business uh, part of the, of the season now. The, the league starts. Uh, this weekend uh, on Saturday uh, we have the big home game between uh, Craig's and, and Chum at seven at seven thirty in Craig's. That's you know for, uh, Chum it will always be a tough side. We have found them uh, difficult, uh, particularly up front in the in the forwards. And you know it it'll be a good game, and um, we look forward to it. And hopefully that Craig's will come out the right side. And then on the Sunday, our development second side will be will be out against um, uh, Galwegians at two thirty on on Sunday in Craig's. So again, you know, like feeling two senior teams, uh, it will it it will be um, uh, tough uh, to to get two teams on the field. But we do welcome back a lot of, of the Gaelic players this weekend uh, uh, to to the club and uh, needless to say that every effort has been made to make sure that we have two senior teams on, on the field this weekend. That's great and uh, we'd like to wish all the teams all the very best this weekend as well and that, that takes us on to uh, Buccaneers and Carrick and Shannon uh, Rugby Club as well and of course the AIL. Plenty of activity going on there and we were just talking off air who books have this weekend and inter- interesting fixtures and lo- looking back on a, a very good fixture against Old Wesley last week as well. Yes, uh, uh, Buccaneers uh, did exceptionally well last weekend uh, against Old Wesley. Uh, you, as we all know, that uh, uh, Buccaneers got promotion in uh, in the divisions this year, so they're playing teams uh, uh, at a higher level than last year, and it just shows that they that they have a, put a squad together now, and they, they will welcome back some of the um, the development players uh, and the academy players uh, from from Canada as well to 
strengthen their side further because this weekend uh, they travel away to, to Cork to, uh, to play Highfield. And again, that will be another turf excursion and that they're down to Cork. Needless to say, Munster teams are, are never easy. So the Buccaneers team, uh, will, will be up against it. And also they're, on their on their 20s team uh have have done very well and now they they uh have played in the the Connacht uh qualifying league and now they go on to play in the the Leinster league and uh the four teams have qualified and uh Buccaneers uh, and Corinthians have qualified for division 2 and um uh Galwegians and and College have qualified for division 3 in that league so we we wish them well in relation to Carrick and Shannon Carrick and Shannon was like ourselves they had a free weekend after the cup competition this weekend and um, for going for going forward uh, to, uh, to on Sunday uh, they uh, they're out against uh, Chum seconds in Carrick and Shannon so again uh uh, Carrick will be all ready for 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 Chum uh, in in that visit, and uh, needless to say that Carrick um, are continuing to develop uh, their their sides um, uh, very very well. Um, they they have Stephen King who uh, played for Craig's. Uh, he's a good Connemara man from Clifton, and Stephen is back in the coaching into it and coaching um, the first team uh, and also a lot of the youth teams as well. So good luck to Stephen and and Carrick and Shannon in that particular fixture. That's it, and of course, uh, as all, now it's uh, on to the the next section is about Connacht. Uh, good win for Connacht at the weekend. Um, I suppose it's great to get the win, but now they now they need to build on that if if they can. Not an easy, not an easy group, I suppose. To be fair, but uh, you know they have a lot of the players back. Obviously, as we said on last week's show, Dennis Buckley is back, Jack Harty is back, and a number of other good players. Um, what's the situation with uh, Bundyaki as well? Is is he back playing as well? No, he's not back playing. So, uh, yeah, so we will uh, go on to Connacht Rugby uh, the first, and uh, what's going on in general in the club. Yeah, well, uh, last Friday night, um, the sports ground was buzzing. Uh, it was a, a packed crowd. They had put in the, uh, additional stands. Uh, there was up on 8,000, uh, p- people present in the, in the sports ground. A fantastic atmosphere. And Connacht didn't let us down. They, they, uh, played exceptionally well. They went in and got, got their first score. Then Munster came back at them and, uh, went, went into the lead and held the lead into the second half. And then, uh, uh, Connacht upped their game. Uh, they were very strong in the, in the scrums, in the lineouts and in the malls, uh, which was, uh, as, um, an area that Munster would normally be strong in. But Connacht came out on top and actually mauled over, uh, two, two tries in the game, which wouldn't be normal against, for Connacht against the Munster side. So all credit to the, to the Connacht side and the coaching that's going on there, uh, it's the it's the first win in 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 Europe this year. Uh, let's let's hope that they can build on that. As you said, this Friday night they'll be up against it a very uh, a, a Leinster team that's going exceptionally well, played exceptionally well there at the weekend. One of the probably the 
the top games in the OEC uh, last weekend. And, you know, we, needless to say, they don't like coming to the sports ground. We have taken them uh, be, uh, pre, uh, prior to this in, in the sports ground. They have a, they have a very s- strong team selected, uh, Leinster, a lot of internationals on, on, on the team. And, but, uh, you know, we will hope that Jack Cartier, uh, and, and the rest of the kind of team, uh, will, will perform and learn from the, you know, errors that they have made in the, in the past games and, and try and, and continue to play the good uh, type of rugby that they played against Munster. And I suppose looking at both sides now with the November internationals in mind, um, what players, did any players uh, stand out for you that maybe complete, will be putting their hand up for, for selection for November and uh, the November internationals? Because that'll be, be key for players that want to get their, uh, to want to get into, um, uh, Andy Farrell's plans for the Six Nations and the World Cup. Well, I'd say where, you know, I don't think any new players uh, would have put their hand up on uh, at the weekend. But at the same time, uh, let's hope that the current players that were, were in the Irish squad will, will continue to remain in, in, in the squad. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of, of, um, building on that and maybe through, throughout the season, uh, Key and Pindergast was away with the emerging, emerging Irish side. Um, and he, he played and captained, um, uh, uh, one of the games, uh, the team in, in one of the games. And, you know, he's a great player and, you know, he's a man that will be, will be knocking on the door. He's, he's come from, from Leinster to Connacht and, you know, uh, he has hit the ground running when he when he came to 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 Connors and he has uh, barring injury he has a very good future and hopefully he will go on to represent uh, 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 Ireland uh, at, a, at a later stage. And of course, that brings us nicely. <coughs> that brings us nicely onto the international scene for both the both the men's teams and the women's teams. So what's the, what's the latest from there? Well, at the at the present time in in relation. To the women's teams, they're, they're concentrating on the AIL, uh, uh, very keen competition there. Some of the top Dublin teams coming out on top, particularly Old Belvedere and Railway Union. Galwegians are, are, are the only team from Connacht in the AIL, but they're uh, holding their own as well. They're around mid-table at this stage. So, you know, it's it's from that there that the uh, international players will be built and needless to say that some of the Sevens players there come from from from, from clubs as well, and uh, Phil and Beelan from from uh, Banlaslow uh, scored some fantastic tries there uh, at, at the weekend. It was absolutely brilliant to see the way that she was able to jink through uh, the opposition. Uh, and you know she has a great fu- future. She has been playing exceptionally well. She's uh, every time that she was the youngest cap ever. To, to play for uh, for an Irish side and you know she let, let's hope that she will continue to develop her game and to continue to score tries and that there for Ireland in relation to the first team I I would say that uh, they, uh, Andy Farrell is around looking at, at these derby games now 
uh, that's taking place uh, um, around the country and uh, he will be looking at seeing uh, whether there's any future um, or any players that he should include in the in his November panel uh, when when he selects them. So, uh, you know, the, these couple of weeks will be good for Andy Farrell because he has big te- t- tests coming up now. He has the first game in the first weekend in November against South Africa. Then he plays the uh, F- F- Irish team plays Fiji and then the the the, the follow up that with 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 a game against um, Australia. That's it. And um so that's it. Well, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to do uh, to do um rugby view with us this week and we look forward to doing it all again next week. Thanks ever thanks ever so much Aidan. No problem, thanks very much and that was uh, that was um, Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club doing Rugby View. We're stumbling LGFA with myself, Aidan Raffi, and the show is always kindly sponsored by uh, Best Drive here in Roscommon Town. And uh, of course, as always, we have Ollie Colgan online. Hello, Ollie. How are you? Are you well? Hi, Aidan. I'm good. I'm good. That's good. That's good. So, um, I suppose in a, a great weekend and a very exciting weekend for ladies Gaelic football in Roscommon uh, with the championship. Um, I suppose county finals were decided over the weekend, and the two Rusca- and the two senior football semi-finals were were held. And uh, I suppose two uh, some great county finals over the weekend, and a great senior final to look forward to as well. Yeah, it was a blockbuster weekend, uh, <clears throat> and such a contrast we had whether from Saturday to Sunday, but um, yeah, it all began on Saturday morning and a historic uh, moment uh, for uh, the newly formed club of a couple of years ago in Northern Harps who captured the Junior C title and uh, while it might be Junior C to, to them, it was, it was the equivalent of, of a senior title. Marvellous achievement from a new club when I think they're about three years in existence and, you know, the hard work that's going on down there and underage level and trying to form their own identity so they defeated Dominic's second team in, in, in that by four points which was a super achievement for them uh, and then of course we progressed to the, the junior A final which was a cracker between uh, as we had said last week between Crohn's and Lavies we didn't think we didn't know how they were going to be separated and in the end it was a simple point, a one point that, that separated them which was Crohn's prevailing uh, by, by virtue of a point so ter- congratulations to them and a terrific uh, Terrific result. They're a long time knocking on the door there at junior level too. So great to see them back up intermediate. Um, I can't even remember the last time they were intermediate. So, so that's 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 great. So great celebrations going on in St. Prunes. And then, of course, the big match of the weekend was uh, took place down at four o'clock last Saturday between uh, the, the, the long awaited intermediate final between Boyle and St. Kieran's. And uh, I don't think there's anybody there around that, apart from maybe if you're from the parish of Fiorty, but you couldn't uh, begrudge Boyle the win. And, and, and congratulations to him, a super win for them in the end, a seven or eight point victory in the end. They were in total control of the game throughout. And they obviously learned from their last two years' defeats. So they're, and, and look, they are the, they were the best team in intermediate. They went the whole championship undefeated. So that speaks for them to them. So um, progression to the senior ranks for them. And, and there will be a big addition to senior level because they're a young team. and Backbone there by the um, the winds there and and uh, um, and Garrel and a few more of them there so so they have a lot tougher going up and uh, and a great 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 win for them. Then on Sunday, yeah, we progressed to the senior semi-finals run and the junior B semi-finals. So in the junior B semi-finals, uh, second team had a great win over uh, Saint Foyles, which was a little surprised themselves so for can can progress with their second team to the junior B final, two point victory over Saint Foyles. 
And a, a bit of a surprise in the other, the other one there where um, Owen, again, a long time down, down unfortunately down in the in the bottom end of the championship, the grades and the championships. I want senior finalist way back. Uh, defeated the fancied side St. Mary's at Tulsa so, uh, by a couple of points to progress. So that's uh, the Junior B final uh, weekend after next will be between Owen and uh, Tannagale, second team. So that's a novel pairing there. And for the right to go to Junior A, and then of course we had the the two blockbuster senior semi-finals, and as I said, what a contrast between Saturday and Sunday. The weather was horrendous on Sunday. Clans started off against Dominic in the first game, and uh, got it tough enough in the beginning, the first fifteen twenty minutes, but slowly their experience pulled through, and they had a big victory over Saint Dominic, so by four fifteen to three points. And then a, a cracking match then in the second game between, as we expected, between Kilbride and Saint Bridget's. And this told and fraud and told and fraud, and Bridges were leading right up until the last minute until an Ashley and Hanley goal uh, sealed it for Kilbride by two points. So great celebrations and joy there. So that leaves us now with the senior final of the two aristocrats for the last few years. Yet again, we'll do battle on Saturday week, Clannagale and uh, Kilbride. That's it, and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be great for it's going to be a, a great game, and uh, you know a, a huge crowd will be expected at that, and that's the game we're going to preview next week, and uh, what a game what a game it probably it, it will be, and uh, of course you know with the with the provincial championships, um, you know it's going to be very interesting for the victors, but neither side will be looking beyond uh, beyond Sunday week, and um, but you, you know it'll be you know if they're there. On merit, obviously the two teams that the you know four any any of those four teams could have got through to the final. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look at it. We've spoken at length last last couple of weeks about the resurgence, I suppose, of clubs and and the standard rising in the county, and it's terrific. But it's ironic that uh, the two old the two old aristocrats, as I said, uh, came to the end. But that's experience, and that's acuteness too. And it's hard it's hard for a new team to make a breakthrough but certainly St. Bridget's can hold their head high this year they're only, they're only kicking the ball away from making a senior final and they were only intermediate two years ago so they've certainly made progress St. Dominic's themselves only coming up last year from intermediate to make a senior semi-final is a terrific uh, achievement for them as well and they're, they're, they're putting out two teams as well so yeah there's a lot a lot a lot a lot of positives this year and a lot of very close intermediate championship and terrific junior championship. So, all 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 positive and, and all for the betterment of football and within the county. But yeah, certainly a big blockbuster on Saturday week to look forward to and get yourself and everyone else listening they can get themselves on to Ballyfoon at four o'clock on Saturday week. I'd say it'll be a, it mightn't be pretty, but it'll be a humdinger because these are these are the. At, between the last seven county titles now between them so certainly the, 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 there'll be no love lost and uh, it should be a, it should be the makings of a great match and that's the, that's the way it should be and I suppose you know there's both ends of the spectrum and like you just said there are the aristocrats on uh, the, aristocrat, the aristocratic teams uh, on one end of the scale and then you have the new team on the block in, in Northern Harps so I, I think they're, they're a team that we, we might give a bit more coverage to now because it's great to see them emerging uh, as you just said there are three years uh, three years formed and already they're 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 winning things. They're getting you know they're getting some success. But just to tell the listeners there that mightn't be aware of it, Northern Harps. We read so much about them in, in the papers and uh, indeed online and all that. But uh, I suppose it, just uh, your your knowledge on them, where where they're based or where where they're from, and of course uh, the great players. Because uh, you know I've been looking at at them online as well, and they seem to have some very talented. Uh, they're doing very well at underage level. 
Yeah, well, uh, they were they they're doing very well. They won another sixteen title there a couple of weeks ago as well. Bet Clannagall in the final, so that was a a huge thing for them in Division One title. So uh, that's probably their biggest victory at underage level. So they're they're an amalgamation of uh, Elfin, Balnamine, and uh, uh, just can't think of the other. There's three clubs anyway, uh, but they're the two big ones for it. They, they were struggling for numbers, both of them, and then, you know a bit of common sense come into it. But it's not easy break tradition, and it's not easy for traditionalists in those villages to to give in to to maybe forming that new club but they did do that and uh, they certainly have come 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 good for it and uh, Kilmore I think is the other club so they, it's it's working for them it took a few years there was a, probably a bit of getting used to everyone and getting getting the proper training structures in place and that so the first year was was was, was probably uh, not much progress for the money getting teams out but certainly you could see the improvement from last year and this year then uh, of course to win the Junior C title is, a, is and the only way is up for them. Um, they're, they're probably their star player would be Lauren Shannon, who's, who's with the county intermediate. So Lauren is a uh, Lauren is a uh, uh, Elfin originally. So she's she's the leading light there, and she scored two eight in the in the in the county final last sun, last Sunday. So that that'll tell you who, who, who their most important player is. But they have a lot of good underage talent. They also have Neve McNamara, who's also on the county intermediate squad. So Neve is from Balnamine originally. So yeah, young side. Um, Great people behind us, great boards, great, uh, and possibly look what we've seen it in the in the boys' game as well. Not at men's level yet, but at, at boys' level, where you see a lot of amalgamations in North Roscommon, where, where unfortunately numbers are, are are dwindling. So, you know, the boys you have Kilmore, Channel Gale, St. Rowan's there. You have uh, Owen are playing with St. Crones at the boys' level, and uh, so it's a lot of strong teams out there. And you have Michael Lavie's there, Rogue. So it's the same with the girls. There's a lot of starting, but but this is the first probably adult version of that. Uh, we had a small uh, look at there a couple of years ago where Michael Lavie participated in the senior championship and indeed got to a senior semi-final uh, a couple of years ago, but unfortunately that didn't work out. So it's not easy for these uh, amalgamations to work. Um, it takes a lot of organising. It takes Sometimes it takes the traditionalists to kind of look at it from a different point of view. And I know we all love to have our own little village going in our own town, but sometimes... You know, the most important thing here is that the girls are playing football and they have the opportunity to play football and, and at a good, strong, competitive level and not not to be going out and unfortunately being on the wrong end of heavy beatings and stuff like that. So Northern Hearts is certainly an example for a lot of uh, small clubs maybe that might be struggling to, to maybe think about that going forward. And I suppose really it, it does show that uh, clubs that are amalgamate, uh, you know, Northern Harfs, you know, the ladies team and of course uh, the various uh, clubs that are amalgamated uh, in the men's game or in the boys game at underage level, you know, the amalgamation of clubs actually work actually does work and indeed uh, you know they're, they're even better for us um, when a, a couple of clubs reunite and I suppose that's that's reflected as you just said in Northern Harps with three clubs combining and uh, I suppose obviously you like to be uh, as players or whatever you like to be your own your own club but um, I suppose it's better to amalgamate uh, two or three clubs and play football and keep football alive in that area rather exactly. than kind of let it dwindle and then uh, you're losing you're losing players and then player those players then have to go elsewhere then and find find new clubs and then you know they have to blend in with other players and get used to other managers' uh, way of managing that maybe they mightn't be used to both uh, both at underage level and at a level. Absolutely, you, you, you hit it in a nutshell there. Like, uh, but the, the key to that uh, in is. Uh, 
they start at underage, you know, start yeah. under 10s, under 12s, under 14. So then the, when, they, when they come up to 17, 18, 19 years of age, the natural progression is to move on then into adult adult football. Uh, but like, look, it's not as simple as you and I talk about. I know I can feel, and, and uh, when you come from a club that's your own identity and the, the village and the parish and the jersey, and it's hard maybe for some people to let that go. But, and, you know, it takes a couple of years, but now it's amazing when you get past the first two or three years, suddenly the new club then becomes the identity of the parish. And that's like every girl now playing in, or growing up in Elfin and Balnamine will, 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 will want to play for Northern Harps and uh, because they know they're competitive and it's a good structure. So, yeah, it might be a little bit difficult for the ones that's gone by or the, the, even some of the parents. But, you know, the most important thing here is that the kids have football. But also, more importantly, that they have football at a good level. That yeah. As you said, they're not going out and getting beatings of, of a big nature from, from the bigger clubs. And... Uh, then, as you say, then maybe giving it up and Asher has to point and go down here to get hammered everything. Whereas now they're going to train and knowing that they can compete at this at the, the levels they're at and, and maybe win. That's it. And of course, I suppose really a thing that helps with, with the familiarity um, of the players when when teams are amalgamated, when clubs are amalgamated, is um, I suppose local colleges, you know, secondary schools, I suppose, you know, Roscommon, CBS, um Roscommon Community College, Convert and Mercy, I suppose, the Boyle schools down in Boyle. You know, all these all these players will be playing together at uh, in colleges level or like in schools level as well. So, you know, if that if things like that does happen, then the players would be used to each other to an extent through play, playing at colleges level. I mean, absolutely. like secondary yeah, yeah, school, yeah. Yeah. absolutely, an underage county. Uh, has a big hand in playing that too. I think girls playing under fourteen, yeah. uh, maybe for a couple of years, or under sixteen for a couple of years, or playing with other clubs. And you know, there's not, it's not a big, it's not, as, it's not the same as it was thirty or forty years ago. Where you know, you're right. The, the, the college teams now and the the, the the secondary school teams have a variety of clubs playing under one team. So if, if if an amalgamation happens, then a lot of these lot of these, these kids playing football nowadays know each other from other clubs. Whereas in our day, you mightn't have known, but they all, they all, they all know. Majority of them they know they know the girls. You see it when they meet and the final whistles goes. They're all talking and chatting and they're lying county panels together or they're in school together, as you say. And that makes it that makes it a little bit easier than when you do tr- if you're if you're from an area where you are trying to imagine it, where a lot of the girls will already know each other, and that's that's a huge help. That's it. Like I mean, you know, when when I was in school and that, you know, when I was in Roscommon CBS. You know, teams would have played the CBS would have played the likes of St. Jarlets and Murdochs and, and, and other teams from, from other kind of counties in Connacht. But it's only like in recent years now that it's kind of like a county uh, county championship first and then you come out and play Connacht as well. You yeah. play Connacht then. Um, so it's kind of better for them then. But uh, yeah, it's it's great to see the emergence of um, of Northern Harps and, uh, you know, we'd be, we'd be looking forward to giving them. Um, coverage and I suppose really uh, just on the men's game I suppose I know it's the ladies football but just briefly uh, looking at the championship there the other week this last weekend uh, the semi-finals uh, a very interesting county final pairing but uh, two great uh, two two very good semi-finals yeah <clears throat> two shock results um, <laughs> it's been a terrible year for pundits <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you would imagine when Ross Gales had beaten had had beaten the Connacht champions in Parry Pierce's and such a such a brilliant performance. You know, they went in the red hot favourites against Strokeson, but Strokeson, you know, are a typical team that might do nothing for a few years and then when they get everyone back and get united together they're they're very difficult to beat. And certainly the 
they're not throwing in two huge performances between quarter final and they weren't expected to beat Oman and they weren't expected to beat the Gales so they won't be expected to beat Boyle so they're they're really in a great position and uh, I think they'll be very difficult to beat because um, and the, the Boyle on the other side uh, possibly a few people did tip them to bed Bridgets but there was always that monkey that hadn't beaten a big Southern team in a semi-final I don't think they got past the semi-final Oh, I don't think in fifty odd years or something like that. So that you know they had lost a couple to Pierce's the last one to Michael or to Clannagale a few years ago. So to, for them to get that and they were manner then they were down the whole game and, and and to come back they finished very strong, kicking the last uh, I think four or five points of the game. So uh, that'll give them a huge boost. And look on paper to have a, an unbelievable team, Boyle. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to look at the, the only thing that might help both teams is that the other team has no experience of a final either I mean you're probably going you're, it's very 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 I know I don't know whether there's any survivors from the last time Strokestone played it in 2002 but it, it's highly doubtful but um, you're talking about two sets of players who have never played in the county final so that's that straight away nullifies the nervousness of either one so it'll be how each of them react today and, I, and I, I, it'll be a question for your listeners I, I couldn't take it off the top of my head when we asked, last had a Northern final so all Northern finals so it, 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 it's, it's incredible so um, look at it's great it's a novelty it's, a, it's brilliant for them two clubs and it's nice to see it Changing hands too, in a sense, and that's coming from Mandalay's in the south. So it's, you know, it's 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 uh, it's good for the game. It's good for the county, and they're probably the two best teams on on farm all year. So look, it's it's like the old saying they used to say in the Premiership: Alex Ferguson, these boys, and uh, should be a novel final, and I've uh, won them really looking forward. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to Roscommon uh, and LGFA with us, and we look forward to doing it all again next week. Thanks, Evan. How are you doing in your Ray? Welcome to this week's Hurling. What's the score with myself, Aidan Raphael? Of course, as always, we have former Limerick senior. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Are you well? Not too bad, no, not too bad. Great to have you on board as always, and plenty to talk as we do every week. And we're supposed to start off with former temporary senior hurler, Brendan Martes, that joins the temporary or joins the off the senior hurling backroom. Uh, a great addition for um, for the Offaly senior hurlers, given the experience that he has at, at the top level. But I suppose in most of the finals and in another finals, he's a, he's a great addition to the backroom. Oh, of course, he's Brendan comes with a wealth of knowledge from knowing Brendan, meeting him a few a few weddings and stuff. He's a very quiet and reserved individual, but he's wealth of knowledge and experience and know-how. And she's that's going to be a fantastic addition to Offaly. So. I'd say he will be a success. He'll get on well with the players and they'll go to him and they'll get nuggets of information ahead that will surely be a benefit for them this season, coming season. And uh, is he ever a player that you came across yourself? As in, uh, has he ever marked you or have you ever marked him in, in matches? He came on when I was coming off, so we were, I'd oh, say 0-9. Okay. I don't want to mention that 0-9. They got, we got well beaten in the semi-final by Tipperary, but yeah, he was just coming on as I literally finished. So, But I would have been watching over long. I think we played an Ireland final in 0-7 he was in the minor final so we would have been aware he was coming but obviously I wasn't going to be aware how good now we've had with Tipperary in their success over the last decade 
And uh, look back at uh, look looking at a roundup of uh, results and fixtures from uh, the Senior Ireland Championship Club Championship from around the country. I suppose starting with Jerome County there in Limerick. Um, it's coming to near the end of it, I suppose, near the county county finals in, in, in a lot of the counties. But what, what's the situation in, in Limerick at the moment? So Limerick, the, quarter, or the semi-finals coming up this weekend. The quarter-finals were just the weekend past, so your team, Kildimo, they were unlucky then. Badoon got a goal and Badoon up with that by four, four or five points and then a shot to both people looking at that both kills being formed teams but Saudi Bridge actually had a convincing win over the way which is a shock to outside but They had, had the performance hasn't been as, as they would like, like so. They're playing Dune, who they already played the last group stage. They drew with them in the last match of group stages, and then you had Saudi Breeze and Nipirshi. So interesting. It's still shaping up for a Kamala Nipirshi final, but whether semi finals are or not, I'm not too sure what will happen. But I suppose really from from uh, from the point of view of Patrick's well, given the wealth of talent they have, it's very un it's very unlike them that you know that they, that they find them in that situation um, where they, they kind of they, they were kind of inconsistent, like you were saying. Yeah, so I think it's the last six county finals that are semi finals that have been the big four in the period. Come out of Dune and Duel, and it's the first break in that monopoly in 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 that that saga but at the same time you have to realise that Dwell are playing without the hurler of the year for the whole year Keen Lynch hasn't been available to them so that's um, like missing a, a county hurler is bad enough missing hurler of the year and Keen Lynch that's almost insurmountable to be honest yeah and I suppose really looking at the Limerick senior Ireland team to think that they won an Ireland, an Ireland without, the, without a player like him is testimony to the team but I suppose such is the strength and depth of the senior the Limerick senior Ireland team that you know they have um, the, the, whoever comes in to replace an, another player they have um, you know they, they can replace them and they're you know they're none the weaker for it yeah I wouldn't say none the weaker to be they're obviously going to be weak, weak and missing Keane Lynch because he's absolutely superb he's a phenomenal hurler but again that just goes to show every player like it's always a thing you hear every team talking about team games, team games, the 25, it's 26, it's 36. But you actually no point talking about that. Limerick actually instill it and they, they believe it. So teenage was missing, but that's an opportunity for someone else to come in and it bodes well for the future for Limerick Hurland, to be honest. That's it. And uh, I suppose uh, going on to uh, to Tipperary as well, uh, it's shaping up very interesting in, in Tipperary, isn't it? I see Upper Church are doing well. Yeah, Upper Church. So it was like more Castellan did a double there a few years ago and they were in line for it as well but no one really expected Upper Church to be in this stage of the Hurling Championship or indeed the Football Championship so they're lining up to do a, the double as well but I'm not too sure I can't really talk about football but Hurling Upper Church to have a chance but again it's down to Kildangan they're the the farm bearers and they're the people's favourites down there and I suppose really I know it's not something we, we, we normally talk about but the the um, given the what, what's happening in, in Kerry it's it's usually also a very interesting uh, county championship as well uh, you know if, I suppose if there are county players or anything to go by there's a, a there's going to be there's always a wealth of talent of, play, um, of players on, on view in uh, the Kerry Senior Championship yeah so I compare Kerry and Antrim and Westmead to a certain extent they all have they're all 
proceed football counties, but their pockets are hurling, and that's that's reflected in the Kerry Championship. So I think it's about ten to fifteen mile mile radius in Kerry. That's where all the, the main strong hurling teams are. So again, it'll be down to all the regulars down there. So I can I won't even go into them because they're all just going to be so strong. You cannot pick who, who's going to win it. So again, maybe be farm team or belly duff again as, as normal. And of course, uh, moving on to the Cork Senior Hurling Championship, uh, another very interesting uh, championship with uh, still some some top quality size left in it. Yeah, so you're down to Little Ireland, so it's perceived. If you're open to Lee McCarthy, it was always going to be Little Ireland was the next big match. So again, last couple of years, the the, prep, the strength of the city teams had had gone for a certain extent. So like a new town coming out of blue, a small village in North Cork, winning the county numerous times and then win Munsters and all Ireland's but now it's back to the big two Black Rock playing the Bears I think it's a 45 year gap or something like that the Bears haven't been in the final and now for such a strong dominant team they're backing it now again and it's north side versus south side in Cork City and there will be a massive crowd in Parky Queen for that and both these clubs not alone have numerous counties in Cork and Munsters they all, they're, they're both club, club all Ireland winners like, so again if you're picking, it's hard to pick between them. Like so, Blackrock have come back into prominence the last couple of years, but on the opposite side, then you have Finbars who are back, and you cannot underestimate the, the power of hunger and what it means for them to win. So that could slightly tip it. That might be the only factor tipping in their favour, because other than that, they're two very similar and very energetic and young, youthful teams and superb hurlers. That's it. And of course, moving into Clare, then and Iroga, of course, have. Uh... Are, are doing well this year in, in the Clare Championship yeah because the shock there at the weekend so last year's county champions Bellier are gone Nero uh, came out of nowhere so they were only back up promoted a couple of years and they seem to be working like they're just actually playing Shane O'Donnell and they're using him well and he's getting he's putting up massive scores and if he's not getting the scores he's contributing on the, getting the freeze or just linking the to like they're they're having a an unbelievable year. Another thing was so that may stand. That's it, and of course uh, we we all know Bally Gunner came out of the the senior the the Waterford Senior Hurling Championship. So, are there any other uh, counties that are uh, in you know in in Munster that are you're, you're finding the championship is very going very well? We should sit that you're watching from a personal perspective is going well in Limerick because my club Kamalik are still in the semi-final stages this year but like it's around this stage of the year of the championship that you're looking to the next match to get over semi-final and then you start taking a sneaky look at the Munster championship draw and say what way is the panel out for whoever wins Limerick and so whoever wins Limerick is going to play in Ballygunner in all in all likelihood because Ballygunner are going they're up against they're being against the Limerick champions so we'll, we'll see so Again, from a player's perspective, it's game by game, so you can't be looking too far ahead. But from a sportist's perspective, you'll be looking at the Munster Championship. Yeah, it'll be whoever wins Munster this year, it would be a fantastic achievement because, obviously, enough, if it's not Bally Gunner, you have to beat Bally Gunner. And they're the Iron Champions and they're the Farm Bears. That's it. And, of course, uh, moving to Galway, I know they're, they're in the. They're, in the, the, they're probably playing in Leinster. They have some. Uh, they have some but they, they, I suppose in the County Championship so far. You can't look beyond St Thomas's. What a phenomenal, what a phenomenal club they have, and the structure they have, and the players that are they're producing. It's reflected in the in the Galway senior in the Galway senior hurling panel as well. 
Thomas is a relatively small club, so successful clubs like Thomas is I compare them to the likes of Newtown. They get a group of players that they all come up either they literally come together as a senior team and they develop and they are your senior team for the goals of ten years and in often cases clubs don't take advantage of that but like I said Thomas and Newtown when they have that group core group of players they've been successful and Thomas's are a prime example I think they won for five in a row now and you wouldn't bet against them because if they win Galway they'd open up the whole they don't look for it they're looking straight to the All-Ireland Championship so it'd be fantastic again to see see how, how they fare throughout the year that's it and of course uh, going, going to Leinster as well then uh, very interesting province in the various counties the various counties you know in the, in the province of Leinster um, you know I suppose in Galway or sorry in, in Dublin there's um, you know it's like it's it's the same finalists in the football as the hurling which is <laughs> unusual to kind of see you know Kula and uh, Nafina in both county in the hurling and football semi-finals that's interesting but it's uh, it's, it's very good for the, for hurling in um, for hurling in Dublin as well isn't it it, oh, it probably Kula will come through that semi-final and then you'll be looking at Kula and Kilmacroyd so Kilmacroyd run it last year they're still they're the form team did a good win over Ballyboden at the weekend fairly convincing I think it was seven or eight points in them, maybe five points, but they were they were dominant throughout. So they haven't really been tested. So I imagine if Kula get through, they'll give them an ultimate test. And notwithstanding, whoever comes out of Dublin has a strong case for Leinster, and indeed all our as Kula has proven in previous years. And of course, like you know, the strength and depth as well, and the talent at Kula's disposable disposal I suppose Conor Callaghan is one is one of them as well he's a he's a serious hurler but they, in fairness they have great talent throughout the starting 15 as well don't they yeah so you see that with a lot of teams in Dublin like so the sheer volume of members members and players is available to them it's just a drink yeah Hello, Andrew. Still have yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting county final in Dublin. And I suppose moving on to Wexford, obviously we know the 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 uh, champions there, and uh, they're they're, they're uh, waiting to see what happens in Leinster. But I suppose in Carlow as well, uh, another club that that has a great tradition in the Leinster Championship and the Leinster Hurling Championship. Is um, new new mount or um, mount? You know the uh, the the very good um, uh, the very good tradition and Mount Leinster Rangers. That's right. I couldn't think of them there. Yeah, uh, a very a very good side okay. as well. Yeah, but the, the whole factor of Mount Leinster Rangers and you playing a team for Carlow, people might have taken that for granted prior, but that won't happen again now due to the success they had over the last number of years. So whoever they meet in Leinster will give them the utmost respect. Because normally. You play a team for Carlo or something, you say, oh, we respect them, we respect them, and you don't really. But now, when you see how they performed, you you can do nothing but respect them, and they're always going to be challenged, whoever they meet. And, of course, uh, going on to uh, going on to Kilkenny, um, it's it's very interesting as well. Some great talent still left. And, of course, you know, we have the, the legendary uh, 
Brian Cody <laughs> as in the backroom staff. Now, there's something we thought we'd never say about a, <laughs> a man of his prestige, shall we say, um, as a selector for James Stevens. But uh, you know, he he'd be a huge he'd be a huge advantage given his experience and what what he can bring to and what the what the younger players can learn from him as well. Yeah, and it's fair to say they need all that experience now in the final when they're playing playing Hale because that's Hale are going for again record number of titles. So, like their favourites, clear favourites, because be, just barely beating it on the final with the last puck of the game by Bally Gunner. So they're clear clear favourites. They've uh, a spoiling the county players and on the wings they've county players. So they have county players and experience everywhere in their team. But if anyone can give an extra percentage to a team that they need would be Brian Cody so again right off James Stevens at your pearl that's it because I suppose he, he has a great way with players as in you know he, he's tough and he's no nonsense but he's one of the players he, he's one of those people or one of those managers you know he's great at getting inside people's heads and motivating them um, to get the best out of them and that's reflected in uh, I suppose his many years as manager of, of the Kilkenny team and as you said that'll be that'll be a huge uh, a huge advantage going in, especially you know up against a, a quality and well-seasoned team like um, like Ballyhale Shamrocks, given the the uh, the talent that they have as well. Um, but I suppose that they, I suppose Ballyhale Shamrocks have have one or two players that are kind of coming at their thereabouts, approaching uh, the, the towards the end of their career. But uh, they're still they're still uh, very talented, and very very cute. Sometimes it's not all about the speed and all that. It's sometimes it's about using the head as well. Yeah, of course. And you're saying one or two players coming at the end of their career, but that could be the end of their county career. So invariably, when a county player finishes hurling, he'll get another three to five years maybe playing club hurling all depending on what time he finishes in the county career so they're still coming back with all that wealth of knowledge that experience that speed of thought and the teamwork and what it means to winning what it means to win and how to win so that's inv- invaluable to the club team no matter what sort of county player you have him coming back to a club team adds an extra extra percentage of that club team that you, you cannot train for that's it and moving on to, to other headlines I suppose Davey, Davey Fitzgerald says there's no place for attacking a ref or uh, or an official uh, there's irony in that statement well, like when, when you consider that uh, he was fairly passionate and kind of hot headed on the sideline himself as a as a manager you know in his time I suppose with, with Tipperary um, he, he is right though but I suppose you know it's uh, a, lot, a lot of things can be said and done in, in the heat of uh, in the heat of the moment but that's you know um, referees play a very are a very vital are a very vital component of the game and you know that they have to be respected as well even though you get frustrated with managers some with uh, referees like like everyone else they make, they make mistakes and things like that but uh, you know people don't have to tell them they made a mistake they know themselves it's about learning from them it's like players that players make mistakes too but uh I suppose it's kind of working together and trying to eliminate that as well. I suppose it happens in in in, sport, in other sports like soccer. But um, I suppose it's how do they how do they manage that and how do they kind of because I suppose with, with things like that sometimes it could be a thing that might put off potential referees or referee people that are thinking of getting into referee and and then they see referees getting getting abused and say God I'm not put me myself in line for that. But um, is there is there a way that maybe they can they can um, 
me said the GA can make a more a more of an attractive team because I suppose when you when you become a referee like when you become a player you become a fa- you, you can be you can become a part of a family as well and uh, the opportunities are there like obviously refereeing on on the big days as well yeah so it's, uh, like first of all what Daly said he's entirely right there's absolutely no place for the type of abuse that referees are receiving I can understand where it's coming from it's obviously it's infuriating when you see mistakes being made but everyone makes mistakes it's just the referee his mistakes are amplified because everyone's watching him but yeah. fine like Davey never like what's the difference between Davey he'll be ranting Ravenside and he'll give out about referee he'll give out about his decision he'll be doing an interview afterwards and he'll be asked about it and he'll go nah 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 I'm not competent on that that's understandable but there's a fine line between disagreeing with a referee's decision giving out to him about it and crossing the white line then and actually turning it into physical assault that just no way is that accepted nor should it be the only way to combat that is with suspensions be it a 52 54 week suspension you have to be harsh no matter what the record of the poor individual was, was like he's a great fight he's a lovely club fella but if you go over the white line and physically put your hand on a referee or get up and be extremely verbal and personal to him with, with witnesses involved then you should be suspended and I agree if there's actually a physical altercation you're always sure you could possibly be liable to the cortex so it's not like you're still a member of society if you put your hand on someone in the street or you glance the punch off of someone on the street you would be in court and rightly so so there's no difference just because it's a match doesn't mean it's not civil society that's it and I suppose really you know from, from what happened in Roscommon and I think the CCCC uh, brought out a recommendation for uh, you know anyone that assaults a referee should get a 96 week uh, suspension from I suppose all activities or anything to do with uh, with the referee uh, you know assaulting a referee or even giving out to a referee which I suppose really is a lot of people might say well it's a bit excessive but not really because if the shoe was on the other foot they wouldn't like it they, you know a player wouldn't like it done so it's kind of it's about stamping it out and saying right well if you do this this is what you're going to get and it, it could be that thing that, that, that would put them off saying okay well it's not worth a 96 a 96 um, week ban you know so but hopefully hopefully people will learn from us and uh you know, hopefully that that that'll put a stop to players. Um, you know, assaulting ref. Now, it's not quite common, really. It's it's just more uh, people would say, "Oh, ref, come on," or whatever. But uh, when, yeah. uh, as you said, um, assault is a is a different category altogether. But uh, I suppose moving on, are, are the other are there any other things you'd like to discuss on the, on the podcast there, uh, Andrew? No, no, I think we have covered the fairly topical things at the moment. I'm happy enough with that. Just on the you can take anything for the sports and just reference the type of in, the discipline process process in purpose. If a referee gives you his poor report, you can only counter with mitigating circumstances and that will reduce the ban. But similarly enough, yeah. if it's a, a serious scale, you get the ban, you serve your time. And that's not yeah. there's no harm in that. Like I know that's for players, but equally it's for Erasmus, he, he's a who pays to a match. While you're there as a spectator, that means you cannot go into the field. No matter what the justification you have in your head, you cannot go into the field and assault a referee or abuse a referee or abuse a manager or assault a manager. No way can you do that. And that a more stringent the punishment, 
the more likely it is to mitigate the, the, the incident. And as you said, there, there are rare occurrences. I know it's one or two recently, but up to that, there, there are rare enough occurrences. It's normally just verbal RF, RF, for fact's sake. It's rare. It's, it's, it's not a, a major issue in, in the GA, I don't think. And I think to be, to be fair to play, to be fair to players, if there's any if there's any arguing or, or physical altercations, it, it tends to be among players. Now I'm not condoning that either, but um, it's uh, you know player players against players is one thing. But I suppose you know a referee is there as a he's a vital part of it, and uh, you know it's not an easy job. So it's kind of a different category, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, something to be keeping an eye on anyway. And uh, so, listen, thanks very much, Andrew, for taking the time out to Harling What's the story with us. And we look, we look forward to doing it again next week. No problem. Thanks very much, Andrew. And that was Andrew O'Shaughnessy, the former Limerick hurler, doing Harling What's the Score.